Welcome everyone to today's Seven Figures Club podcast. As you guys know in the audience of, of startup entrepreneurs and side hustlers, everyone out there, whatever you're doing, you're looking for the tools, you're looking for the mentorship to be able to join the Seven Figures Club and get into 5% of business owners who generate seven figures a year in sales and revenue and hopefully at some point profits. Today we have a special guest for you. We've got Julie Broad and she is going to really help you understand why when you get published, you become an authority and an expert. Here's Julie's background real quick. So Julie is an Amazon overall number one, that's impressive, best-selling author and international book award winner. She is recipient of the Beverly Hills Book Award for best sales book. As an entrepreneur and successful real estate investor, she was also awarded the top 20 under 40 award founder of book launchers she started the company to, to help busy entrepreneurs and professionals build their brand and boost their business by writing publishing and selling a top quality book in 2017 she also became a new mom congratulations and moved from vancouver island canada such a beautiful spot to los angeles california and now i think you're in las vegas is that right that's right Okay, well, welcome to the show, Julie. We are excited to learn a little bit more about your story and dive into this topic. There are over 32 million businesses in the U.S., and over 90% of them will never break seven figures in annual sales. So how do we as entrepreneurs or aspiring entrepreneurs break into that seven figures club? This podcast will relentlessly share the secrets, strategies, and tactics I've used to create three multi-seven figures businesses and bring in even more successful entrepreneurs than me to share their inspirational stories and tactics to success. You can create your dream business in life right now. So buckle up and let's go. We always like to kind of start these off by learning a little bit more about your background and what were some of the key events maybe in your upbringing or early life that led you to a path of entrepreneurship? Yes. So the once upon a time part. <laughs> yeah, yeah there's, there's always a story. And boy, these stories can take funny turns. So I'd love to, love to hear your story. Yeah. No, I grew up in rural Alberta in a 20-room motel on the side of the highway um, that my parents owned and operated. So it is kind wow. of a funny story. And I was one of those people who, I, as a kid, as soon as I could do anything in the business, I helped out. Um, and I loved it. I was telling somebody the other day, I just, my parents would get babysitters to sit in the kitchen while I ran the office for the motel. So they didn't hire people to, <laughs> to run the motel. They hired people to babysit me while I ran. The motel. While you ran the hotel. Okay. So we're learning to run a business very young. Yeah, a lot of responsibility. It was funny because they we had a lot of oil riggers. This was like rural Alberta, so there's you know farm farm country okay. and oil rigs. Yes. And I would have them come in, and you know I could barely see over the counter. And they're like, uh, "Is your mom and dad here?" Be like, "No, I can help you." And you know I'd check them in. I'd get them ice. I'd get them food. Get them the change for the pot machine, whatever they needed. <laughs> that is fantastic. So I mean, you're running this hotel. How old are you again? I don't even know. I was young, like 10. I, you know, yeah. like I said, I needed a babysitter. I was not old enough to be left alone. Okay. Gotcha. So they were watching out for you, but you're the one, you know, that has the know-how to run the, uh, the hotel 20 rooms. And, and how long did you guys uh, live there managing that hotel? Was that your entire childhood or? That was my entire childhood. I, I wow. left, I graduated high school at 17. So I moved, I moved out and went to college um, at 17, but, and then my parents actually sold the motel uh, the next year and moved to Vancouver mm -hmm. Island, Canada, where they, you know, did a bit bed and breakfast of all the things. Oh. <laughs> 
con- continuing it on. And, and and Vancouver Island is that is that like the same as the main city of Vancouver, or is that it's different? It's a whole island. It's got four or five different cities on that island. It's a very large yeah. island. So yeah, it's separate. Okay, yeah, it's a beautiful area though there. Absolutely. One of the few places I have not been, I really feel like I need to go there as soon as possible. All right. So, so what did, what happened in college? You get started in college and college is uh, teaching. What's that experience like? Yeah. I mean, there's nothing, nothing really eventful in college, but kind of the the point was interesting was when I graduated and uh, I was working at Kimberly Clark, Canada, you know, I was a salesperson selling Kotex and Kleenex and Huggies and all those kind of brands. And uh, one of my coworkers said, you know, there's a book you really need to read. Like, she's like, I feel like you're, you you know, this is an important book for you. And so, you know, as I had to do in 2000, I drove to the bookstore and I picked up the book (laughs) and it was Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And the book completely changed my mindset. Because I was already, I don't know, a year into this job and I realized it was going to be a long life of working for somebody else. So I started a plan that I called Freedom 35. And my plan was to be free of working for somebody else by the time I was 35. And I started investing in real estate. Um, and that was kind of my first, uh, first kind of venture. Um, and I started buying property and then I went back to school and did an MBA and I studied real estate and finance and, uh, really doubled down into the real estate world, um, which eventually led to me launching a real estate training and education company. And my boyfriend who eventually became my husband, we also, you know, did real estate investing full time, um, starting in 2008, cause our timing was really good for that. <laughs> So, so what kind of properties were you doing in 2008? Houses, all houses. Yeah. Yeah. We would buy houses, rent and, uh, you know, renovate them, add suites, rent them out. Nice. So, and, and what price points were you targeting? Uh, 250 to 300,000, which, uh, yeah. you know, nowadays I look longingly at those prices. <laughs> yeah. Now the, the median home price in America is now over 400,000. So, and, uh, Finally showing some signs of slowing down. So so then you you started to get real active, maybe just as things were really coming down. And then uh, and then you guys kept on uh, building from there. And then uh, what led you down the path to eventually helping, you know, people with a book? What was your first book that you published? Yeah, I was. Um, so in writing in starting a real estate training and education company and all of the real estate investing. A lot of creation. Yeah. Yeah, I started a YouTube channel. I started to build a platform because we needed to raise capital, you know, especially 2008, 2010. Like we weren't getting bank financing. We were funding this with other people's money. So, um, so yeah, I started to put things out there and I ended up at a point actually where some publishers were interested in working with me. And I got into a pretty serious conversation with Wiley Publishing. And I was like, yes, I've got a book idea. And they were like, no, that's, you know, we don't like that idea. And I was like, but no, this is great. Um, but they gave me an idea and we built a proposal together over three months. And at the end, they ended up saying, ah, you know, the marketing department doesn't think you'll sell enough books. <laughs> so, you know, they gave me an idea, we built a proposal and then they completely rejected me. So I recovered, like my ego took a while to recover from that. Um, But when it did, I went back to that original idea that I had and I decided to self-publish. And But I was also injured and wanted vengeance. And so I decided to self-publish better than if Wiley had given me a book deal. And I dove Uh, into publishing. I went hard and that's really what drove me to write a book and drive it to number one on Amazon. So I was ahead of Dan Brown, ahead of Game of Thrones, (laughs) ahead of Stephen King. (laughs) Well, that's remarkable. Yeah. All with this niche nonfiction self-published book. Um, And so that was really kind of that moment 
not, I didn't start book launchers immediately after that, but it was the moment where I started to see the power of self-publishing. People started calling us saying, Hey, can we invest in your deals? Like random people, you kind of felt like a, uh, like a scam call the first time it happened. Like, do you want to give us $250,000? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it was it. And then my training and education company really did um, extraordinarily well after that too. So I started to see the power of a book and it didn't matter that I self-published. Mm. Nice. And, and to this day, do you guys uh, probably still have a bunch of uh, rentals? Do you guys do apartments or what, uh, what sort of investments do you guys uh, focus on? We don't focus on any anymore. Uh, we, oh, okay. moving, moving from the States to Canada is a tax nightmare when you have assets. Oh, yes, um, it has yes. been an expensive and challenging journey, <laughs> uh, but uh, we still have property in Canada, but um, we okay. don't actively pursue it. It's nice. Yeah, it's, it's a journey. Nice. <laughs> so, so I think a lot of people look at being an author and they're very intimidated. There's so much to do and write and put together. And, and how do you, you know, uh, d- decipher the right uh, formula, the right, uh, you know, flow of your chapters and, and kind of a theme with the book. And, and obviously I think there's a lot with this podcast. We have a lot of business owners. We have a lot of startups, people who are experts in certain fields and they kind of been thinking probably, you know, maybe I should try to publish a book, make the case for how your life changed and how it helped your business when you first got published. Yeah. It, it's, it's a weird thing to describe, but it opens the door to new opportunities. So, I mean, obviously I need money from book sales, but a lot of authors don't necessarily, you know, drive, they don't have vengeance fueling them to drive thousands and thousands of sales um, right out of the gate. But what it did do was open up the door where suddenly I was an expert in the eyes of media. So I started doing a lot of television uh, media. And then I also started to get invited to speak and a lot more. And people would get a copy of the book and go, hey, like, can she come on our show? Can she be on our stage? Can she write an article for this magazine? And so you suddenly get this feeling of you're everywhere. And when people start saying that, I've seen you everywhere, that's a really good sign that you've established this like no like and trust feeling because whenever they talked about residential real estate investing, I was there. Um, and so that was really, really powerful. And I think, but kind of going back to should everyone write a book or who should write a book and what should it be? I think yes. it's a big commitment and it's not a project that you're going to do lightly. So you want to make sure you've got a bigger picture vision for what, what you're doing and who you're going to write the book for and how you're going to impact them. Um, because a lot of people just get inspired and write a book and then they're like, okay, now how do I sell this book or what do I do? And the book doesn't end up doing anything because they haven't done enough planning before they actually started writing. That's so true. Sometimes you think you just have a good idea. You have a good story. You, you have, you know, you're an expert in some topic, but you don't think you start, need to start with the end in mind before you get started and, and know who are you talking to and what's the purpose. And I think a lot of people think, oh, you know, they're not sure. Am I going to make money with my book? But for a lot of business owners, and I know this has been my case when I, when I got, uh, when I published my book and, and it sounds like the same thing with you, it's not always necessarily about selling, you know, hundreds of thousands or millions of books and, and trying to make a bunch of money as an author, but as a business owner, as an expert in a certain field, if you write that book with a purpose to connect with your, you know, avatar dream client out there, 
that's what's going to, because they're going to read that book like they did. And then, oh, wow, I want to work with you. And all of a sudden you're getting calls. Hey, I've got 250,000 invested in real estate. I want you to do it. I loved your book. And, and you guys started getting those calls. You're getting put on stages and it's really growing your business. How much did it affect your business by publishing that book? Tremendously. I mean, it doubled the education and training company doubled afterwards. And the, like the capital, the capital that started coming in without like, that was not even my intention. I actually thought, because a lot of my book was about the problems and the mistakes that we'd made. And a lot of the really stupid things that we did. And I did not been there, done that. Right. Didn't think that sharing all of that would actually make people want to invest with us, but it did. It does because people want the authenticity. I think that that's maybe the next question here is, so your business doubled very quickly after you got published. How important is it to be authentic, real, and truthful and, and not present this perfect picture in your book? I think it's essential. And I think a lot of books that fall flat are people that write a book that they think they need to sound or be a certain way. And when you do that, you're not relatable, you're not memorable, and you're probably not going to be trusted. And it's, it's very hard to read a book when, when you've, and that was, I think why my book did so well too, as a side note, this came out in 2013. And at the time, all the real estate books were all about get rich, get rich. You know, you're going to have a yacht, you're going to have this fancy car, you know, like it was that kind of a message. And I was like, yeah, you know, I had a crack house and my property manager got charged with you know, manslaughter. And I got, you know, you know, like I had, I had stories, right. And I'm telling people all like, here's my war, you know, here's, you know, this is all the things I did wrong. And people loved it. They were like, Oh my gosh, that happened to me. That happened to my cousin. And yes. now suddenly they trusted my advice because they knew I wasn't trying to present some fake world that seemed, you know, seemed and really is largely untrue. <laughs> it's so true. It's like to a movie, are you going to go to a movie where the character, everything's perfect and everything just goes wonderfully when that's not real? No, you're going to go to the movie because they're in danger. They're going through crazy adversity and they're going through that hero's journey. And that's what people really relate to. Cause that's real, right? That, that's, that's life. So when, when you're looking at, uh, you know, taking that step, there's kind of the traditional, you know, path to follow, to get published and kind of what you started with going down that traditional route. What are some of the benefits or, or things you need to know if you're trying to go the traditional route that you should know before you do yeah, I mean, the, the real benefit of traditional is their distribution network into bookstores. So if bookstores yes. is really, really important to you, or you really mm. want that big splash of a launch, which by the way, a lot of authors that traditionally publish don't even get, but you're like shooting for that big splash where you're going to be on the Good Morning America and like all the major PR you know, places, uh, you probably are looking for that traditional publisher, but you got to be bringing a lot to the table to get a that lot, kind of a deal. Yeah. Um, most of us, when you look at what a traditional publisher is going to give you and what you're going to get in exchange, uh, you're better off going self-publishing. I am so grateful that all that happened. And I ended up self-publishing because you keep all rights, you keep all royalties. And here's a big one. Like you keep control. And what was about to happen to me? Control. Yeah, I was about to get a book deal so for a book that I didn't even want to write that was not going to feed my brand. It wouldn't have grown my business. It wouldn't have done anything for me, really. Um, but I was kind of distracted by the shiny, like, oh, a book deal. Like, it seemed like that's what I needed to be legit. Um, but I didn't. And so, yeah. And then the rights, that's a big thing. A lot of authors big get thing. stuck into this and they no longer have rights to the content in their book. So if you want to turn your book into a course, 
um, sorry, the publisher has the right to your material. Oh, that's not good. <laughs> right? So it limits you in a lot of ways. So I'm a big fan of self-publishing. I don't think there's a lot of traditional books that are worth signing these days. They, they, there are some, but I don't think there's a lot. Yeah, no, no question about it. No question about it. So, so if you're an entrepreneur or somebody, you know, why is it a good idea to really, I mean, we, we've kind of made the case, right? Like it, it doubles your business. It can, it can really make you an authority and an expert. And we've talked about going down the traditional route and why that really the control thing that that's absolutely huge. So, so for you, and I think this story probably would help people understand what they should be thinking about as they're creating their book and, and the focus and the theme. And obviously we're going to talk about, you know, working with you and your team, which is really going to be making, th- make life a lot easier for somebody. But for you, your background was in real estate investing. So what was kind of the catalyst that sparked that book that gave you, you know, maybe after the traditional thing and because what you actually published, I think was much different from what you're saying than the traditional. So what was kind of the catalyst that said, all right, this is, how I'm writing my book and and why I'm writing it this way. Yeah, it was for me, it was, I had read a lot of real estate investing books. Like I said, I did a degree in real estate. So I had a Mm. pretty strong background. And the thing that I kept reading was like all of these things that were really unrealistic. And a lot of people were like, oh, you get a hundred properties and you've got it made. I'm like, you've got a hundred properties. You've got a hundred tenants that are going to make your life miserable if you've chosen the wrong properties, right? In the right neighborhoods, getting the right tenants, you know, life can be really good, but the numbers aren't as fancy, right? Like the numbers are, your profit margin is smaller, but your problems are less. So it's like the trade-offs and nobody talked about the trade-offs. And so I ended up with properties that were really challenging because the numbers were glorious. Like they were like, Oh my gosh, like, look at how much cash flow there is every month until you are in court, you know, defending yourself against fire code violations and paying fines for these things. Um, so yeah, so I told the real story and that's what I thought was missing. And so I think, and I always tell people, if you're in an industry for long enough, or even not necessarily long enough, but you've got enough knowledge to look around and go, everybody believes this one thing, but I, I don't believe that, right? So I did not believe that more properties was better. I believed more properties was more problems. I also didn't believe that real estate investing was passive income because when you believe it's passive income, it's really easy for a property manager to rob rent money from you. So those were two really strong industry beliefs that I was arguing the opposite for the entire book. Mm -hmm. And that gave me a very clear stance in the marketplace and it made my book stand out and people wanted to read it. Mm So such good stuff there. Unbelievable. All right. So, so that was the catalyst, you know, for your book and putting it together here. So when you're, you're writing a book, you know, obviously you can kind of try and do the whole thing yourself and just, you know, self-publish and, and hope that you kind of do it right. Uh, What is it like if you can actually work with an expert like you and, and, and your team to actually be able to put your book together And everything in life as a business owner for me is about odds. If I stack the odds in my favor, my odds of success go up significantly. Like we do business funding and we know all the resources, we know all the funding options out there for clients. And we're like, all right, if we get your credit this way, we get your tax returns this way. If we stack the odds in your favor, you're going to get the very best opportunity, get the best loan or, or line of credit for you. And so when it comes to publishing a book, you know, what, how do you stack the odds up so that if someone does come work with you versus trying to figure it out? And guys, at the end of the day, 
when you have a mentor, when you have someone who's already done it and has and is an expert, obviously that's going to save you so much time and headache and money. So how does it work? You know, if, if somebody wants to have an expert in a team like yours, what are the benefits and how do you stack the odds in their favor? Yeah. I mean, we're not for everyone. We're for people who want a book that's traditionally yes. published quality and that we, you know, cause we're going to do everything and more that a traditional publisher does. So we're rigorous, right? So if you want somebody who's going to edit your book once and then put it on Amazon, that's not us. Cause we spend three months editing your book to make it the best possible book. Mm. Um, and so that's kind of the first thing is decide that's what's nice. most important to you. Like is yeah. speed important or is having something that's the best possible quality and representation of you, your message and your business, um, you know, and positioning it. Cause we actually start your first conversation no matter where you come in to work with us is with our marketing team. <laughs> so yeah. you come in and you're like, I'm all ready to write my book. And we're going to go, hold on. Like, we need to talk about your author branding, your business positioning, and how is this book going to fit in that marketplace? Um, because we want to make sure we're thinking about marketing the minute you walk through our virtual doors, so to speak. Um, and so that's kind of the difference. And, and that if you're looking for that, then we're everything a publisher does and more. And I say the and more, because if you get a traditional book deal, they're looking at you to do the marketing. Um, and when you work with us, we team up with you to do the marketing because that's one of the, the writing is actually not the hardest part. <laughs> the book marketing is actually, you've, you've published a book. So you know this, if you want your book to be out there in the world, you have to be getting it out there in the world. <laughs> you you got to go on tour. You got to do the podcast. You got to get to the, the influencers, the shakers and movers who are going to get you out there. And what I also see in most successful uh, authors, and, and this was kind of a formula I followed, is the importance of having a kind of a resource web page for the reader to go. How vital is that? And what you know things should be on that resource page? Yeah, there's a couple of things that I recommend you do. One is inside of your book at various places, have yes. a very clear invitation, call to action yes. to, you know, not join my newsletter, but hey, like, do you want to have a spreadsheet that calculates what we just talked about? Go to this page and there's a spreadsheet that will, yes. you know, input one number and it'll do it for you. Um, like something like that, that they would pay money for. You want to put something of value inside of your book with calls to action um, and even go so far as to put it on the very first page off opposite of the copyright and be like, hey, thanks for buying the book. Because guess what? When they're on Amazon and they're just looking, <laughs> you could at least get their contact information. Thank you, Amazon. Um, and so that's one thing I'd recommend. The other thing I would recommend is to set up a page. If you're going to run ads and you're going to promote your book through any sort of ads, set up a standalone page that is a buy page for your book that doesn't go through Amazon, that is a direct buy. Because when you drive all the traffic to Amazon and all those other places, you never get their contact information. I mean, at best, you know, 5% of the people that buy your book are going to give you their contact information for that freebie, which is still better than nobody, but you yeah. know, that's, that's not everybody. So I also, when I run ads, if I pay for any sort of promotion or if I'm speaking and I'm promoting my book, I'm sending them to selfpublishandsucceed.com to buy the book because now they're going to buy the book. It's going to go through Shopify. I get their contact information so I can become friends with them. Mm, absolutely. So how important is it to have like kind of next step products that go with the book. For example, you, you've talked a lot about, you know, having a course maybe that goes with the book, or maybe you have a, a solution or, or a coaching or training program that goes with it. 
And, and if you don't have that, that sales funnel put together, you know, when you publish the book, are, you know, are, are we missing out on a lot of low hanging fruits? For you, you're saying, hey, we've got to capture contact information and start building a contact list because that's what's going to build your brand and your business and take it to the next level. How much should you be thinking about that? I think that's vital. Uh, you know, a lot of people are building their audiences on social media, which is fine. But I mean, how many people do you know that had their accounts shut down for various things? I know a lot of people who have oh, you know, yeah. built presences and all of a sudden, especially in the last two years, right? And all of a sudden it's gone. So I, I really, you know, it's great to have the audience somewhere that you can access but I also recommend you build your own list. And one really great example is when I decided to switch from real estate to book launchers and launch the company, I sent an email to my real estate list. And I said, hey, this is my new company. This is what I'm gonna do. I need beta clients. So if you're interested in writing a book, you know, hey, this is gonna be my new business. We got 10 beta clients from that. And it's because I built a personal brand. I, you know, built trust over the years. So even though they knew me as a real estate expert, they trusted me that I was going to do what I said I was going to do. And I got my 10, my first 10 clients um, from that email list. So without that list, you don't have that. Absolutely. So a lot of people right now are, are listening and think, yeah, I really do need to look at getting a book published, but I'm not the best writer. I mean, obviously I've got a message, but, you know, can you help me put my ideas together, my story together? Uh, is there some sort of ghostwriting option where you, you can really assist? Like how, how can that work? Yeah. I mean, first you don't have to be a good writer to write nonfiction. It's not about you know, like flowing prose or anything like that. It's about having a message that's going to have an impact on a specific person. Um, and then the editors fix the rest, <laughs> but you don't have to sit there at the keyboard and do the typing. So there's lots of options. You know, you can voice record, you can oh, um, nice. do dictation. Nice. And of course there are writers that can interview you and extract the material from you. So it depends on what you need and what your you know level of desire is. And I mean, I'm I'm working on a fourth book myself and I got three quarters of the way through and running a business, you know, I have a five-year-old, like I just finally waved the white flag and I laughed at myself. I was like, why didn't I do this sooner? We have a whole suite of writers that can help me oh, finish yeah. this book. And I'm struggling. I'm like six months into this struggle and I finally go, wait a minute, I what don't am have I doing? To write this book. There's, there's a team to help. <laughs> And so I, I get it. Um, I had this feeling like I, I can write it, so I should. But at the end of the day, it's not the best use of my time. So mm, I have just turned it over good. to a writer. Um, so there's no, there's no one way to do it. There's lots of ways to do it. Everybody can write a book. Um, we have people who, I have one client who is uh, legally blind and he's written a book. So there, wow. it is entirely possible. <laughs> That, that I think a lot of people just breathe a sigh of relief thinking, oh, good, there's an option for everybody. You don't have to sit down and, you know, hand or type, type, write this thing out. You can even do it over the phone. You can, you know, dictate it. Uh, they'll help you extract and put it together. That That's amazing. Um, and then I guess the next thing is, all right, so I, I'm, I'm there. We're, we're getting the book published, but a lot of authors really have this strong desire. They want to become a speaker in some way, shape or form. That's kind of like the next level, yeah. you know, I'm an entrepreneur, I'm an author and I'm a speaker. Um, what is that process of you get your book published? How can you put the, cause you did, you got published and, and start all of a sudden you're speaking on stages, you know, across, uh, you know, across Canada, across the country. 
And what is what are some of the things you need to be aware of to do to get those type of opportunities, maybe even paid speaking gigs? Yeah, I mean, the first thing is it's not an instant thing. Your book doesn't come out and suddenly people want to pay you to speak. Yes. Um, there is there is a period of time where you need to be making people aware um, of this. And there's lots of different ways to do it. I usually recommend to our clients to start with local kind of meetups, groups, associations, um, you know, different organizations start local um, and the opportunities will kind of flow from there and Mm. show up, you know, show up to deliver value, right? This is not when you start speaking, you want to focus on what's the message that's going to impact that particular audience and kind of forget that you have a back end, that you have an end game, like just deliver value. And a lot of opportunities come from that. Um, Your book becomes a really great tool for you to make money from the speaking engagements when you're not ready necessarily or at the point where somebody would pay you. And some of our authors, by the way, the more niche of a problem you solve, the more likely you actually can translate that into being paid sooner. Um, Mm -hmm. A lot of people want to go general and be like the keynote speaker. But in the early days, before everybody knows who you are, if you solve a very specific problem for a very specific audience, you're in a better position to say, hey, pay me $5,000, $8,000 for this talk. But your book is something you can use to get paid with because a lot of times they may not want to pay you $5,000, but they'll buy a copy of your book for everybody in their audience. So I sold a lot of books doing local kind of events where they bought my book. Uh, and so I got a you know $1,500 payday, my book in the hands of everybody in the room. And then the next thing you know, somebody in the room is like, hey, I've got this event coming up. <laughs> so it goes from there. So the riches are in the niches. And I like st- that idea of starting local and getting out and, and meeting people and, and going to these. So there's meetup.com groups. There's all these different ways you can connect with people and really do it for free and just get out there. And then, and then you said, hey, don't go out there and just promote Go out there and share value. You know, your book should be solving somebody's problems. And I like the idea of the, the niche where it's like you don't just talk broadly about, you know, your example, real estate investing. You talk, OK, you know, you could do Airbnb properties in Orlando with this specific strategy, get real niche down. And that's going to actually be more successful because most people think, oh, I need to market everybody. No, you need to market to a very specific niche if you want to really succeed. So I think really good value bombs. So everybody's thinking now, okay, awesome, Julie. How can I just have your team help me? What's the next step? How can I, you know, take the next step and see if 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 we can do this, if I've got the right message, if I've got, if this is going to help my business, you know, what's the next step for them to take? Yeah, I would head to booklaunchers.com forward slash business book and download a workbook to help you think through a lot of the pieces as far as your bigger picture goal, who's your audience, how do you help that audience? Uh, And that will kind of get your thinking in the right place so that you come come to us or someone else, wherever you want to go to publish your book, but you've got that hard work of that initial piece down so that you're in a better position to hire the right team to get you where you want to go. Mm, absolutely, guys. So that's booklaunchers, L-A-U-N-C-H-E-R-S.com. And then if you go to forward slash, what was the rest? Business book. Business book. Oh, pretty, pretty simple, guys. Booklaunchers.com forward slash business book. And you've got, you know, some resources right there to help you get on track and then maybe take the next step here and uh, and consult, you know, with Julie and her team. And obviously, the, the, the older I get, the more experienced I get in business and entrepreneurship, 
the more I continue to realize and believe you can try to figure out everything on your own. Very dumb. I did that a lot in my 20s. Don't recommend that. <laughs> or you can find an expert like Julie who already has a map that works, that's proven, and follow her path to prosperity. And your odds for success increase about tenfold. So booklaunchers.com forward slash business book. What is something that you know the audience can do today? You know, in addition to going to booklaunchers.com to kind of move them closer to publishing a book, what's one thing they can do? Figure, figure out and or get to know your reader. So who, who you're going to target. And you can do that by going to, you know, Quora.com, you know, Q-U-O-R-A.com and read the answers and questions. Um, Reddit, Reddit is another website that has lots going to your favorite forum or group um, and reading what people are saying, a book that's in the same space, reading the reviews. Just start to get in the head of that reader because you'll write a much better positioned book when you're thinking like the reader's thinking. Well said, guys. Uh, Again, we always end these podcasts the same way, right? Do not be a passive learner and just let the content uh, bathe all over you. You must implement. You must take action. Go to booklaunchers.com forward slash business book. Get that resource. Take action. I can tell you personally as a published author, it does make you authority. It does double and triple your business. Now you have to take action. You have to get with the right team like Julie, if you want the odds in your favor, but I absolutely recommend anyone who's serious about, you know, who has a message, a business, a a solution for a certain group of people. There's nothing more powerful than getting published. Julie, thank you so much for being a guest on the podcast today. Thanks for having me. Are you looking for more seven-figure secrets, content, or even how you can launch your own recession-proof business? Then check out sevenfigures.com. That's the digit seven, F-I-G-U-R-E-S.com, where we share more videos, stories, strategies, funding solutions, entrepreneurial education, and even the secret business type that's recession-proof. Thank you for listening, and if you're finding value in our podcast, please give us a five-star and invite others to join the club.